Hello and welcome to episode 37 of Pardon My French. I am your host, Ingrid Delamarcani, live from Monaco, which is very much on quarantine and lockdown. Um, I, a few weeks ago, we were already talking about this COVID virus, COVID-19 virus, um, aka coronavirus, and I got a lot of questions about it, being that we are in very unknown waters, I didn't want to give in to the anxiety and the drama that it was causing already, but we weren't on lockdown, and I said, I'm not going to do an episode on coronavirus for now. I'm going to do an episode on something else, your questions, whatever it was. Then I had to put that thought on hold because a few days later, very quickly, um, things developed into what we're going through right now, which is this insane lockdown. The world has stopped. Um, and... Being that the world has stopped, I started, of course, addressing my audience, you, more than ever about the importance of your health, the importance of what you eat and eating real food. I haven't had to change my narrative. I've just had to emphasize it more. And I knew that I would have more open ears to what I was saying, whereas sometimes when my narrative was eat healthy food and losing weight will be a byproduct of it, I would be faced with 50% of my audience going, yeah, but still, what are the calories in that? What's the carbs in that? How do I know I'm not going to gain weight? And right now with what's happening, I find that my audience has become so much more open to learning about health and hearing about health and what we can do to boost our immune system rather than what we can do to lose weight. Although weight gain has become a source of freaking anxiety now. And, you know, rightfully so. Whenever you get into a car accident or any type of accident where you have to be paralyzed or immobilized at home with a cast or whatever the case may be, you start worrying about gaining weight because you're no longer active, because you don't have your normal activity, because you don't have your normal routine. So none of that is different with quarantine. You are home. You're most likely cooking for yourself and a significant other or for yourself and children. And, you know, the meals are now taking a huge space in your life. They've become an event in your day. And so you eat. And what to eat and, you know, is, is really the problem. Not that it's a problem, but it's, I mean, even I am like threatening my family to go on strike from cooking every single day. And then I listen to them going, okay, well then we'll just, you know, order a pizza or we'll make pasta or whatever. And I'm like, you know, there's nothing nutritious about what you guys are up, you know, opting for. I'm just going to cook. And so I end up cooking just so I can give them the option of health rather than the option of something totally not nutritional and that's just going to, you know, feed them just for feeding. It's stressful um, and it's not easy and it's stressful for them too because I often remind them that I'm sick and tired of cooking. Everybody's kind of like learning with, you know, with this situation, learning to, to cope, but 
none of us have a manual for this. And we all, you know, as perfect as I may look on my stories and poised, there is a point where I'm cooking and, you know, slamming the plates on the table going, this is the last time I'm fucking cooking. Tomorrow, one of you cooks. Um, and I feel bad for them. I think, you know, it, it, we all deal with different things. And, and my thing is, you know, the, the, the recurrency, the recurrence of, you know, every day being the same, every day cooking, doing variety. And, you know, next to that, I have something that gives me absolute life, which is creating content for my audience, knowing from so many messages that it is actually helping someone and brightening someone's day somewhere across the globe. So for me, it was very clear from the beginning of this quarantine that I had a mission. And uh, I have to say this mission that I've put, you know, upon myself has been God sent in the sense that, and I'm not saying that in a spiritual way, just that it's been a blessing in the sense that I've realized very early on that, you know, this coffee routine that I post on my Instagram um, has become a source of solace for so many. And some of you wrote me and said the fact that you're still doing your coffee routine with the French music and the cortisol, the low cortisol moment in the sun, all of that, the fact that you're still doing that, that you're still giving us this, you know, consistency um, and is, is giving me a sense of normalcy. And the truth is, because I've held myself accountable for doing it, because I realized that this little post that I post every day, of course, it's not to show you how I make my coffee. Everybody fucking knows how to make coffee. It's just to remind you to take the time. And by the same token, reminding you to take the time is reminding me to take the time, you know, not to just throw everything in my frother and just get it ready. I like to put my Simply Inulin and mix it with my coconut sugar in my cup. Um, and then I like the, the hot coffee to fall on it and to drip on it as I stir to give it this creamy texture. And then I like to bring my milk out of my frother and put it on top. And this whole process, if I didn't make myself accountable on Instagram for an audience that relies on this silly little content for a daily reminder of taking time and bringing your cortisol lower or a daily reminder to have a beautiful little coffee station that you look forward to seeing in the morning, whether you're on quarantine or not. Um, all of that has been great for me because I've been getting up for that. Meaning that even on quarantine, and I'm blessed enough that I can go to work, but I try to go to work less. Um, so only for what's essential. So I do skip a day or two here and there. And then the rest of the time I show up at the office to support my warriors, my team. They've been deemed essential to, um, you know, to the to my company. And what we do has been deemed essential because we are selling health products and we're still able to ship because the warriors at the postal service in France are still working. Um, but if, you know, other than that, there are days that I skip going to work to avoid being too many in the office. You know, we have a ratio of how many we should be, um, anything over four people. I don't go, uh, just to give them the space, the airspace and to give them, you know, the distancing that, that is necessary. And on those days I could sleep in, but I don't, 
I'm like, you know what? I have people that are going to get up in a few hours because of time difference and that are going to look for this content. They're going to rely on it to, you know, to kind of like sense that things are still okay. And I said it, I, I did, if you haven't watched it, go on my Instagram, IGTV. I did um, confinement versus prison uh, real talk. And I'm not going to repeat everything that I said on that real talk on here just because I can, you know, this is why I recorded it on there. I don't want to bore you with the same details over. But what I did say on that real talk is that I am in my house. I am the thermometer for are we okay? Meaning that if I look like I'm going through sheer panic, if I don't brush my hair, if I don't put a glow on my face, if I don't put a smile on my freaking face, if I stop making my annulling coffee, if I stop posting some stories, then my kids, my children are really going to sense that something is wrong with the world. And as much as I inform them on everything that's happening and I don't sugarcoat it, I also don't give in to the panic. I also tell them to listen to the news with moderation. I also tell them to not listen to every single source of news or fake news there is out there. So I've made it so that I've become their thermometer for are we okay? This aspect of making me accountable to my children, having to act in a way that things are normal, even though they're not necessarily normal and they don't feel normal, and having to act like everything is normal on my story, all the while still speaking of the situation and taking it very seriously. You know, I'm not going to go do a TikTok and start dancing without putting a caption. Not that I'm going to do TikTok and start dancing. I am just fucking not. But I'm saying without putting a caption saying we all need, you know, a stress reliever right now. And so I put out this video. Like you need to acknowledge it as a content creator, as much as you want to give entertainment to your audience, reassurance, taking their stress down, bringing their stress down. You also don't want to continuously um, be oblivious to what's going on. And a word that I've heard so much, an expression that I've heard so much since the beginning of, you know, this apocalyptic time um, has been tone deaf. Like a lot of people are, are, accused a lot of content creators and influencers and public figures are accused of being tone deaf and tone deaf and I agree I agree and I am doing everything I can to walk that very thin line between being a thermometer for normalcy normalcy and a thermometer for we are okay and we're going to be okay but at the same time not be fucking oblivious to everything that's happening, acknowledging it and showing the precautions that I'm taking and showing um, the awareness. And I think that's that's what's important. So long story short, one of my coping mechanisms has been to be accountable to my tribe, be accountable by still providing happy content on my stories all the while still informing them as much as I can on um, health information that I come across, that I, you know, study and research, um, always validating with, you know, a real authority. Um, like I posted that the immune system um, is correlated with the gut. And that's from, you know, John Hopkins, 
research. So, and then PubMed, PubMed, um, I don't know how you say it, P-U-B-M-E-G, also released a lot of research on the gut and immune system access and, and why eating, you know, foods rich in fiber and fatty acids and potentially inulin would be very helpful not to cure COVID-19. There's no cure at this, to- at this time except for the chloroquine that we've heard about. But I'm not a doctor and I'm not going to talk about chloroquine. I know nothing about it. And I will tell you, I haven't even researched it because I wouldn't even dare starting to pronounce myself on anything so medical. Um, I'm staying in my lane and I'm staying in the holistic aspect of things um, and naturopathy. And so, you know, I did look at the research from PubMed and I looked at the John Hopkins research and all of this medical research and it it's aligned with what my narrative has been all along. If you want to lose weight, you need to eat healthy. You don't want to lose weight just by rushing your body into a chain reaction of weight loss and malnutrition. I've been saying that before COVID-19 and now more than ever. I tell you, of course, don't eat processed food. Right now, eating processed food breaks down your immune system and your immunity. Um, But I, you know, as far as my coping mechanism right now, you all, my audience, are my biggest coping mechanism. You, my children, and my husband. Meaning that I get up in the morning and without feeling that I have a heavy weight on my shoulder, I still realize that positioning myself as an authority in wellness and fitness and hormonal response has put me in a position where I could do a lot of good today. And being silent or not showing you how to bring your cortisol levels down during this time or how to best feed yourself and feed your body and boost your immune system, I'm doing a disservice. So I'm seeing this as a pure blessing to have had a voice that was given to me previously by my audience, previous to this, and to use it today more than ever to encourage my audience, encourage my children, encourage myself to continue with my healthy habits, to continue with our healthy habits, to continue titillating our taste buds with good food, with beautiful recipes, Um, set up your beautiful tables more than ever because we can't go to the fucking restaurant and, you know, find your solace wherever you are. Yes, you may not have my view. You may not have my backyard. You may not have the sun that's shining upon us here in the south of France, but you have something, something that you can hold on to and make into your little world right now. And so my coping mechanism is to deliver as much of that stability to you and that normalcy to you, but also informing on the other side and absolutely not ignoring what we're going through without adding the sense of panic. That being said, I do have ups and downs of anxiety. I have been to prison. So at the very beginning, when this whole thing came about and governments and our leaders were starting to uh, come on TV and announce to us what the restrictions they were going to what the restrictions they were going to bestow on them were going to be, I got very scared. And uh, my PTSD from having gone to prison 12 years ago 
totally surfaced and I, I got really, really scared. Like, oh my God, if they tell us that we're going to be on home confinement and I'm not allowed to come out, and if I step a foot outside, they threaten us to arrest us, I'm going to fucking lose my mind. I need to find a psychiatrist or a psychologist that's going to give me a doctor's note saying that I have PTSD and I need to be allowed to step outside. And of course, all of that was um, irrealistic. First of all, that would have been unfair for me to get that note. I never took the steps to take it. That was all, I'm telling you, all the panic, the sheer panic mode that I went into. And of course, you know, the French president came out and, you know, Prince Albert, His Royal Highness of Monaco came out and he always really follows right behind France because the limitations are just, you know, one foot away, like meaning France and Monaco are touching on the same sidewalk. So whether you live in Monaco or in France here in the region, you're affected by both laws. So he's always right behind the French president. And they pretty much instill the same curfew and the same restrictions. And when I heard that we would be able to, when I heard that we would be able to still go outside, and then I found out from the government that I would be able to resume my activity on a lower uh, effective of staff meaning that those that could work remotely would have to work remotely and that's fine with me my executive assistant and my administrative staff that answers your emails and you know takes care of the orders administratively are working remotely but the fact that I knew that I would have a special authorization to continue my activity even on a on a slower scale filled me with so much relief and at that point I was like you know what this is a message from above that this is not going to be like prison that I am blessed that I will have some of the freedom um, that I will not that I did not have when I was in prison or you know even on home confinement because I also had an electronic ankle bracelet when I was in pretrial and that was pretty scary too I'm going to embrace the bliss, the blessing of it all. I have a backyard. I have a job to go to. I have staff still willing to work and I have to make things happen for them because they have families to feed and that's a big responsibility on me too. Then I started to get messages from all of you and many of you wrote me that you were laid off, that the second uh, your president, wherever you are, announced a lockdown many companies have laid off their employees and so people found themselves minus a salary minus a job going into the complete unknown of how long we're going to be locked up add to that cabin fever add to that people that are suffering from or have suffered and recovered from syndromes you know, eating disorders. Someone yesterday when I said I want to talk to my audience because I can talk about the anxiety I'm going through and how I deal with it. But, you know, you're dealing with other shit. And people wrote to me about stuff I haven't even thought about. Somebody said, well, how about those that are in AA and are recovering alcoholics? Right now, you're lonely, you're by yourself or with a significant other, with a roommate. And all there is to do is just, you know, sip on wine or cocktails, you know, at 3 p.m. And this is true. And how do you, you know, how do you prepare for that? I don't have the answers to all of that. I can tell you to listen to my podcast episode about coping mechanisms and finding yourself five in, in that, you know, podcast, I spoke about 
finding five solutions to a problem. And even if you find three, that's enough before you give in to that impulse, that impulse that is your syndrome or your addiction or whatever it is. And that's very much what I've been doing here. Um, I have impulses too that I thought were gone. Um, one of them is to shut down. If I have anxiety, if I don't see a brighter future in the immediate future, I could, like I did in my first month in prison, shut down, shut my computer, shut my Instagram, shut my activity and just like mop and wait and mop and wait. And before I gave into it, because it does come and loom over my head occasionally, you know, the more we advance in this quarantine, the more we find out that we might be locked up for even longer. And I am, I'm starting to think, well, my business is not going to be able to go on. They're going to end up closing the post office. One of my employees is finally going to blow a fuse and it's going to be an essential employee and we'll have to close. And then what? And then what will I do? How will I pay the other employees that have families to feed? And what will I do with myself? And what's the point of working out? I give in, I could give in and I have given in for a quarter of a second to all of these anxieties and impulses that come from them um but my first thought process when that happens is okay Ingrid you are faced with a problem find five solutions to that problem right now and even if you find three Ingrid even if you find three write them down mentally write them down in your notes in your phone writing them on a piece of paper take your Talmud book and write them back on back on the and you know in the inside of the book somewhere um find those solutions and make it your business that day to apply those solutions. And so one of the solutions for me was to find um, a solution for my business to continue if um, the post office, for example, was to close, which would shut down our whole operation, which is not the case right now. And it doesn't look like the French or Monaco government are looking to do that at all because it would simply shut down economy. And they've said that they want to try and contain the virus and keep people at home without completely, completely shutting down the economy, even though the economy is going to suffer because all non-essential businesses have been closed. Um, but I've sat down and I've pretty much said, OK, I, you know, I have my, my book coming out. So. I've added more layers to my book and I've started to reach out to um, my publishing um, agent and said, well, why don't we already sign for the book to go on to Audible? So I'll be spending months recording it with my voice because one of my followers wrote to me and said, I sure hope when your book comes out that there will be an Audible version because your voice is wonderful. And um, and it, it's so soothing. And I was like, you know what? Mental note. This is one of my solutions. If my business was to shut down, as far as the shipping and the retail and the distribution, I still have a whole aspect of my business that can be run from my house, which will be my book and my consults, and you know, possibly donating also some of my time um, in mentorship. But you know, if I need if if I need to continue also economically supporting my family, um, because I don't obviously do this for fun, I also, you know, support a whole family with the money that I make from my activities. I will, you know, 
have my book come out and um, then I'll have months of recording the audible version of it that that will be my job and that will pay off and it and that was one of my solution and then my second solution to the problem of I want to shut everything down was you know I have another business venture that I'm very passionate about and this is something I've mentioned before um, when I find myself, when I have found myself where I had a boss and that boss made me feel unstable, meaning I felt like I could lose my job at any time. One thing that I hate is not to have control. And when you work for other people, you don't have complete control of your future. Um, they do. There are many other factors, even obviously when you're a CEO and you have your own company, you don't have full control because look, coronavirus is coming to shut down very small businesses and affecting my own business. But there are things that we can control and those things that we can control are the ones we have to take into our hands. So this business venture that I'm very passionate about is something that's been looming, looming in my head and it's a business that would not depend on any government agency like the postal service. It wouldn't depend on shipping. It wouldn't depend on a country functioning out there it would depend on what I can what I can offer so what I did was and this is something you can do today and that's been one of my reasons to wake up in the morning and not shut down completely and stop working out whatever it's just preparing in case of and if you are someone that's lost their job and is currently unemployed because of COVID-19 and you don't know what world, what professional world you're going to walk into at the end of this, and you have a passion, you have something that you can provide um, when this is all over or while this is happening, what you want to do is you want to have a vision board. And the best vision board that I've ever done for myself, I've done that many years ago with the method when I created the patent even, I bought the domain name for the business that I wanted. And I've just done it again for this new venture that I had in the back of my head as a backup. Sure, things go to shit. Um, so I buy the domain name. Buying a domain name with monster.com or register.com is very cheap. It's like it could cost only $3.99, like $3.99, literally. And from that, you can buy the do-it-yourself website so you could... And you don't have to publish it. So this is going to be your mood board. And you start building that website. And usually what I would do is I would start with the biography because we all want to be stars, right? So I would buy the do-it-yourself website builder. I would have my domain name. And already when you open that, you could see in the little address that it's unpublished, the, you know, the, the HTTP, but it's starting to exist. You're already starting to put your logo so you have to create your logo that's going to keep you busy for a little while you might change the logo along the way again and then the first thing that I would start is the biography like the about us page where you put your biography that will push you to put a beautiful picture of yourself put you in a professional mindset of putting all of your qualities all of your capabilities, all of your academic skills, um, all of your experience into a beautiful biography as if you were writing for Wikipedia. 
And you have to know that when you're writing that biography, someday when you become well-known for what you do, it might be copied and pasted onto Wikipedia. So you want to, but it, it, as you're putting this in your bio on that unpublished website, which is just your vision board, you're starting to exist as that professional that you want to be and you're going to be. And then after that, I go into the services. So after I've done a beautiful job of doing the biography with the picture and whatever, you go into the description of your services and what you have to offer, what you're good at, what you're offering. And I have to tell you, doing that has worked for me for my career in fashion when I went and became a freelancer and had my company Styleworks. Um, it's worked for the method, not only to create the patent of the 358 unique movements, but also open up a studio in Monaco, the whole website for it, for the patent itself, for the, 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 business, the fitness protocol, but also for the actual studio that didn't even exist, that I had not even rented yet. I had a whole website built for it. I had a whole biography, I had a whole explanation of, you know, what services we were going to offer, how I was going to structure the scheduling of the sessions, how many employees I was going to have, the team, like I had it all in my head and I had like empty pictures of a team that I did not have yet, but I had the qualities that I was looking for in each and every one of them and it becomes like a puzzle that you fill in as you go. And I have to tell you, in my darkest times, when I felt that my jobs were threatened with a boss that I had, or at some point I worked for fashion TV in Monaco and I just knew that that job was not for me. And, you know, I was going to, I was going to pretty much lose that job or quit that job. Um, the only thing that kept me going was that I could run home after work. And even wake up in the middle of the night to my vision board, this website that one day I would just click, click publish and I would, would become this professional that I manifested to be on this vision board at the publish button. And now is your time to do this. Now is your time. Go buy that domain name. Go buy that build it yourself program. You can be a graphic designer. You, this, this, I mean, YouTube will help you. They always have like really like the build yourself website for dummies. And then eventually when your business becomes a business, you, or you can buy, you can pay a professional to take it over. You just transfer all of the data over and that person will change everything around. It doesn't matter how it looks. What matters is that it comes to exist and for me, that has been one of my solutions when I've been so worried about my professional future. And I am not, you know, I'm not exempt here. Right now, a portion of my business is completely paralyzed and that's okay because that's happening to the rest of the world. And I'm so grateful that a portion of it is still working, which is the one where we're serving you and selling you the products and able to ship them to you. But the truth of the matter is, this is not under my control. Right now, it's a lot of luck. Uh, the fact that we worked with the post office and we had, you know, the postal service and we have a great system with them that was already in place um, and that we can ship to other countries. But it's not under my control and I don't really know how long it's going to last. If it's going to last. So I have a backup, you know, and 
this is what gets me out of that mood and that run. So if this is helping you at all, it's telling you that before you give in to these impulses, whatever your impulses are, so my impulse and anxiety is not to binge eat or it's not to drink or it's not to do drugs or to smoke. It's none of that. It's to shut down, to stop being who Ingrid is. And Ingrid is a thermometer in our house for are we okay? And she cannot afford to shut down like she has in prison the first few months and waste away. So it's finding those three to five solutions. Three is completely fine. Five is better. And to put them to put them in action right away as you wake up in the morning. Also making yourself accountable. So I've made myself accountable to my audience, to my customers, to my clients, um, to my children. I've promised my daughters that we would bake something every day. And I do. And if I don't, I kind of feel a sense of unaccomplishment, even though they don't, you know, they understand that I've been busy or whatever. Um, I promised my audience to post workouts almost daily, free quarantine workouts. If you didn't know, they're on my IGTV, they are free. And I post them every two days or every day, depending on my mood and depending on if I feel like the first, the previous one's been viewed enough or if people could still do that one, there's no reason for me to put another. But there's a bunch of free quarantine workouts on my IGTV. And that's because I announced it and people relied on it. A lot of people had to quit the gym. The gyms are closed. A lot of people had to stop their online memberships, even the one to you know, to the method virtual platform because it's become an extra cost that people are so afraid or can no longer afford or so afraid to pay right now because of, you know, the, the uncertainty of our economical future at this time. Uh, but I've made myself accountable to those of you that said, yes, I'll be working out with you daily when you post those. And I know that people are waiting and I do it. And it allows me to show up for you and it allows me to show up for myself. That's given me an incredible drive. I've also promised myself to be a more aware person at the end of this. So what I mean by awareness is that very often, because I've gone to prison, I would only look at the positive aspect of life and kind of turn my head and look the other way to the pessimistic or sad aspect of certain things in life. But today it can be ignored. And I've watched influencers completely um ridicule and ignore the importance and the seriousness of what's happening and I don't want to be one of those people so you know I've put certain coping mechanisms in place during this quarantine um to continue be accountable to someone so you want to do that you want to promise to work out by video with someone or with me tell me Ingrid I'll send you my workout tomorrow and then you know I'll be expecting it and it's going to make you accountable. It's going to make you feel good. Um, I've made it my business to really share with all of you my beautiful table settings and, you know, uh, the presentation of my food and to make videos and pictures of it actually encourages me to not be sloppy because I know so many are waiting. A lot of you are six hours behind me or nine hours behind me. Some of them in Australia are even more um we have a, an even bigger time difference and you know what each time I want to be sloppy because like what the fuck we've been in quarantine for like over three weeks now I'm like no I have to post those videos 
And people are going to be inspired by them. I'm not going to inspire them by slamming string beans one on top of the other and like presenting it like shit. And it turns out it benefits my family as well because I want, you know, with your family, you tend to go, well, it's not your audience. Your family is going to understand you're sick and fucking tired of cooking 100,000 163,452 meals a day. I'm exaggerating, of course, but you know, so all these things. Then I don't know, start a TikTok where you show the beauty of everything you're serving or of what you're eating. You might doing it you might do it for you just like the unpublished website as your vision board, but you could envision your whole life like that. You could really, really project. For me, posting on Instagram beautiful things for people to enjoy, to bring them solace and distress them and give them still awareness about health because I do share some important information, it actually gives me a purpose. It helps me. And you want to do that. Even if you have two followers at the moment, you want to do that. Then when you go back and look at it, it looks like a, like a maquette of, you know, like like, you know, when they do those renderings of, uh, future buildings they're going to build and in those little maquettes you want to do that you want to do that with your life you want to do a rendering 3d rendering of what your life is going to be when this is over places you want to eat places you want to travel right now i can't travel to italy so i'm cooking all the stuff that you know i discovered in capri and in amalfi and in erano that's a way of you know that's a rendering it's like a rendering for you know, developers of buildings, they do those gorgeous renderings. And when you see the renderings, when you walk into their offices, they even put like pretty trees and stuff. You want to do that with your life. You want to do a rendering right now. Um, also, like travels. I regret the one I didn't take because I was too busy this year. And I embraced so much the ones I did because we do travel a lot. And so I'm planning my travels. And yes, money is going to be a situation where we're going to worry more and travel may not be the priority in the expenses, but traveling is life. And so I'm going to be doing it. And I see it as supporting countries that are falling apart, like Italy, which is a beautiful country, which has given me so many beautiful memories in my life every single summer and winters, because we also go ski in Italy and they're going to need our help. And so if I'm going to survive, and I'm setting myself up to survive and succeed and, and thrive when this is over um, with things that are going to be under my control. So if I can't ship anymore, the other business I have in my head and on my unpublished website are going to help me. I'm going to go support those countries we're traveling. And I'm going to set it up now. I've already gone on booking and put so many trips on my cart. That helps me. That's manifesting right there. When I was in prison, I manifested living in Monaco and the inmate that I would always be with, which was like in my counterpart, she was, she really helped me throughout my whole incarceration. She was an older Russian woman. She would say, well, what are you going to do with your life? She said, she's going to go back to Russia because she's going to get deported. And I said, well, I'm, I'm going to move to Monaco at some point. You know, I, I don't want to be in, in the States anymore. The States betrayed me and, you know, the, the, the legal system betrayed me. You know, um, I pledged alliance to this country and, and this is what happened. And I mean, I was very angry as you are when you're incarcerated and taken away from your children. And my manifesting here was, you know, I'm going to live in Monaco. And I didn't right away. When I came out of prison, I went back to my life in New York for three years and completely forget about that, forgot about that. But then things happen. 
I was feeling anxiety. I was feeling paranoia about living in the States and stuff. Things happen and I started manifesting again. And next thing you knew, I lived in Monaco. Manifest. Right now it's time to manifest, but manifest in a way that is uh, crucially realistic, meaning start cooking the meals that you would if you were to go visit India this time. You know, start your start your trip, start learning about it, you know, put the trips in your cart, in your shopping cart, like on booking or Expedia, whatever the case may be. The same thing that I'm telling you to do with a job, something you can control because you feel like you've lost control on your professional life because it depended on, you know, a corporation that's fired you or a corporation that may fire you or a bad boss that's getting on your nerves and one day it's just going to explode and your life is going to go into pieces because of that jerk do that website everybody has something to offer everybody is indispensable in something and that will give you some control and some faith in the process um i'm not saying that we don't fail at those things i fell every day every day my anxiety failed me and i fell myself i give into it a little bit and uh i have moods mood swings that you know my family has to deal with and vice versa they do too and then I'm like, I'm going to do better. And then, of course, gratitude. Gratitude helped me a great, great deal. Um, like I said in my previous, uh, I think, episode 36 in Coping Mechanisms, the one thing that I do when I am faced with problems or anxiety or sadness is I weigh them out towards the worst times in my life. So obviously, when I was incarcerated, my children were taken away from me, meaning I couldn't see them, I couldn't be with them. And I kind of outweigh everything that, is happening now and causing me anxiety and sadness and anger towards when I was behind bars. And I'm like, you know, when you were behind bars, you were dying to be on home confinement with your children. You didn't care that you didn't see another soul or never would see another restaurant or bar or club or supermarket. All you wanted to do was to be in your house with your kids. You told the judge in your dreams, like, put an ankle monitor on me and leave me home. I don't give a fuck as long as I'm not in prison. So that's what I keep on reminding to myself. Like, I have a lot of things going for me. You need to outweigh this situation towards worse times in your life. There are worse things that you have gone through than this. And um, I know all of us have had our load at some point in our lives. You know, if you're listening to this podcast, it's because you're looking for you're looking for inspiration, you're looking for help, you're, you, you're dealing with something and you're hoping to find your answers here. So if you're dealt with something in the past, I'm sure it's worse than what we're going through right now, even though this is a very particular situation. And for many of us in the younger generations who haven't, you know, gone through war, who haven't gone through epidemics, you know, we haven't gone through influenza or whatever, um, or World War II, and you know, which were much worse than everything that we're going through right now, but it's been compared to it. For us, yeah, this is pretty exceptional and pretty scary. And maybe nothing in your life before has been as bad as this, but trust me, it has. We all have lost someone. We all have lost something. We've all been through things we never want to feel again, whether it's an accident, whether it's a pain, whether it's an illness. Um, obviously, I can't speak for those that have contracted the virus and I can't speak for those that have lost someone to the virus. Um, I don't have all the answers. I'm also not a, you know, a psychiatrist. I'm not a psychologist. Those are my coping mechanisms to have a brighter day and to provide a brighter day to those that rely on me as a thermometer to think, are we okay? So I've addressed 
the best that I could. I could cover this for hours and hours, but um, I've addressed this the best that I could as far as what I feel and how I cope. Um, and like I said in my IGTV real talk, you know, everybody has their different downfalls, their different anxieties and stresses, and no one can demean yours or mine for, you know, that matter. What was important to me was to hear from my audience, to hear from my tribe and know, you know, stay connected and know how you're feeling, you know, and kind of call someone and say, hey, how are you feeling? How are you coping? So yesterday I posted um, on Instagram and said, I want to hear from you. What am I not covering? Where, you know, what am I missing here? And so I got a few messages and very compelling ones uh, that made me want to dial some of you and speak to you some more one that was a huge slap in my face in a way because this is my specialty and this is my field of expertise one of my followers wrote and said you know my eating disorder which was under control for years has creeped up on me during this quarantine how did I not think of that and so I called Christina who which is you know the, the beautiful person that commented on my post and spoke to her and you're going to hear her next we're going to dial her um I spoke to her yesterday and she kind of put it in perspective for me and I reposted her and then one of my close friends on Instagram wrote to me and said hey I'm so glad you're speaking about this I thought my eating disorder was under control for years and it's creeping up on me there's a bunch of things that creep up on me I eat and then I overwork out to um, offset what I've ate. I mean, a lot of mental torture goes on. Um, so it was important for me to connect with my tribe, people that I don't know, but know me and, or I end up knowing through, you know, direct messages. Um, so let's call them and hear what they have to say, how they're coping, how they can give us some of their coping mechanisms and kind of just, you know, say, Hey, we're all here, we're all connecting and connected. And that's our way of, you know, doing this. We're almost there. I know we're almost there. Um, but hearing from everyone and kind of somebody else wrote to me, you know, how about people with addictions? How do they not, you know, fall back into the addiction, being locked up in their houses, you know, with no one to be accountable to? Um, I hope that some of my accountability mechanisms that I shared before can work for you um, but we also you know are going to call somebody else that sent me a compelling message on that post yesterday um, so without further ado let's just dial in some of these wonderful women that follow me and you know comment on my posts and see how they're doing and tell us more about what I didn't think of covering thank god you guys are here also to kind of give me a wake-up call. I didn't think about addictions. I didn't think about eating disorders creeping back up. I didn't think about that. I thought about the anxiety of losing a job and the anxiety of tomorrow or the confinement or, you know, overeating emotionally, yes. But I didn't think necessarily of old wounds kind of creeping back up. So let's call them.
Hi. 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 Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear Yay. you. Hi. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good, good morning to you. Good afternoon to me. Yes. Thank it's you so, so much. nice to have you on. I'm happy to have you on. It's so important for me to be able to connect and from everybody and stay connected. I think that's what you said in your message, actually. And that's what that's what I loved about it. You said um, that you'd love to have an opportunity to join because you think it's important to share how mindfulness can help any person through quarantine um, and uh, highlighting how to alleviate anxiety. And I think anxiety is a lot of what we are all feeling. So how are you feeling? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I, I feel well overall, but I think when I start to think about what's happening for the greater good of all, I feel, I feel sad, you know, for what's actually going on in the world. But there's the part of my higher self that's choosing to rise above. And I'm choosing to see this as an opportunity to become better and to help people and to reach more people. Um, it's funny that it took something like this for people to connect, I think, on deeper levels than they've ever connected before. So in that sense, I feel good. I feel good, too, about that. And, you, you know, I recorded the whole podcast before I got to speak to you and to a few others, um, my beautiful tribe. And I was kind of like, when I finished recording the podcast, I was like, okay, but I am talking about the stuff that I know I experienced. So I have highs and lows and anxiety. Um, sometimes I'm really high. And I'm like, I, I have to put all of these coping mechanisms that I know work on myself. And that's what I shared in the podcast. But sometimes I'm, you know, really low on anxiety and looking forward, like you said, to like help out and put content out there to help others and doing all these things for the future as well. Um, but there's a lot of things that I didn't realize people were suffering from. So when I wrote that post that you answered to yesterday, some people said, well, how about those that had an addiction before? How do they not fall back into the addiction, for example? That's I right. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. So I, I, I currently serve as the clinical director for an addiction and mental health treatment center. Okay. And I'm working directly with those who are in active use in the early stages of recovery from their drug of choice or alcohol. And it's, it's been really, really interesting to see how this global concern has impacted those individuals. There are some people who were moving along and they were doing so beautiful and they were healing their trauma and really moving forward. And then when COVID-19 became this large global pandemic, we have seen clients get set back so far and it's like they were at step 60 and now they're all the way back to the beginning stages Shit. because, you know, they still lack that ability to really manage anxiety at these levels and people are slipping back into depression people are craving again they're being triggered so so how do you help uh, them you know i mean the work that i do it's really about teaching people how can they stay focused on what's in their control and how can they still cultivate a sense of safety because i think right now more than ever that's what everybody wants to know is that they're safe yeah just despite that they might be unemployed despite that their anxiety is back or their depression or their eating disorder or their trauma symptoms you name it and so the work that i do is really helping people find a sense of safety in what is and really offering them skills to regulate their emotions and help them come back to the present moment when they find themselves slipping to the past or the future i think that's what i need to be talking more about and for me you know I, obviously i'm not a psychologist i'm not a psychiatrist i have experience with 
you know, mentoring people and mindsets and things like that. For me, what's worked, and you'll tell me what you think. I, I had no idea that you actually worked in that, that you didn't even mention it in your, in your message. But your message, now I understand, was why it was so compelling. You, you're very aware. Um, my way of dealing with this is to be accountable to my audience. And what I've said to people that have said, well, how do I deal with my anxiety? I don't feel like waking up in the morning. I have nowhere to go, nothing to do, no one to see. I say, do something that makes you accountable. So maybe commit to posting a video about something. Commit to setting up your plates a certain way so you could take a picture and send them to someone. Like do something that makes you accountable to something or someone. For me, it's worked because I'm accountable to you, to my tribe. You guys wait for my content. You wait for the beautiful view or for a nice table setting. It helps me kind of fight my tendency to kind of shut down when I have anxiety. Absolutely. I, I'm a big believer that if you can't show up for yourself, then show up for others because yeah. in, in doing so, you will show up and that's what matters most. So I think, I think that that can be very helpful. And I know even for me in my journey, I, I'm a licensed clinical social worker. I've been doing this for, for eight years now, working in the field of mental health and addiction, eating disorders, trauma, everything that goes with it. And um, a couple of years ago, I branched off and started my own practice of, of coaching and more mentoring, things of that nature. But, you know, we're still human. So just like you, you know, you're showing up for your tribe, but you still have your own stuff, right? Yeah. And, yeah. and the same the same for me, I, my anxiety, sometimes it's like, woo, a roller coaster that came out of nowhere. And um, I think I think it is helpful to know that there's an audience of people who they depend on you. They look for your light. They look for your energy. And I know that's yeah. helped me too, to, in my sharing for others, it's, it's helped me just be okay with what is. I think like what you said, and that's why I called you, you said we need to stay connected and staying connected. We have so much in our hands to stay connected. Instagram, like, look, even, even this app I use anchor, it helps us stay connected um helps you to be you know reliable and accountable to someone you said something in your message about the law of attraction it hasn't yes. stopped working you said and to be a deliberate thinker i want you to just tell us more about that yeah so you know it, the other day i was getting ready and it came to me i just received like a powerful message from you know my higher powers i know and understand it and it very loudly with authority said, just because you're quarantined, the law of attraction hasn't stopped. It's not on pause. It's always working. It's always in motion. It's always creating. And I think now more than never, this is a blessing in disguise because we have time and this gift, th this is a gift of time. And so I think what's important is that every single individual is choosing to see this as an opportunity to stop, pause, look in and really get clear on what do you most want and beyond that how do you want to feel and despite the chaos in the world despite the outside noise can you get to that place of cultivating how you want to feel understanding how we feel we emit that frequency right and that's what draws back our desires and so even though maybe we're not able to go outside right now and do our day-to-day -day normal or common activities we can still show up and be deliberate with our thoughts we can still show up and choose to feel and live by elevated emotions because those elevated emotions are what is going to help us get out of the mess that we're currently in. It's, I it's, love that. It's to live greater than your environment. And I think that's a really important piece for everybody right now, no matter who you are, where you are in the world, despite what's going on, there's a common factor that we're all facing this. 
but no one can take our thoughts from us. No one can choose our feelings for us. We still have full agency over our mind and body. That's absolutely true. I I am so glad I got to call you. The main reason why I wanted to touch base with my audience is because I spoke on my podcast and I also did a real talk on IGTV. I don't know if you saw it. Um, you know, prison versus confinement. I did. I know I've gone to prison. Yes. And I'm like, okay, but I am thinking of all of the, you know, anxieties that I know are some I did not know of. Like, I, mm-hmm. I didn't think about addiction, even though I'm very, I work with a lot of people that had disordered eating. I didn't think about, you know, the quarantine kind of triggering those old habits and those old impulses. So I kind of wanted to speak to you. I wanted to speak to her and to her and say, like, what am I not touching on? What am I missing? What what can I do to help? And you just kind of helped me. You, you, uh, you know, it, it's great because I feel like maybe I'm helping a little with my content. But calling you and hearing what you have to say, especially because you have a field of expertise, which I didn't know about. Uh, but it does come through, I guess, in the way that you worded things in your comments, which compelled me to call you. You you just taught me something. And this was a great call. I'm happy about it. it Thank anything, you so much. Anything, anything else you want to tell us? That's it. Just beaming lots of love and light to everybody and, and just choosing to, to believe that everything will be well and we'll all return to normal soon. Amen. Not that I'm religious or anything, but like, really, I think that's something we can manifest and really by staying home and, you know, staying sane and doing our part, it's going to happen. We're almost there. I'm convinced of it. Me too. I believe it. Thank you so much, Ingrid. This was amazing to be able to connect with you. It's lovely connecting with you. Thank you for joining me. Bye. Bye. Hi, Christina. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Good. Thank you for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited that you answered my question when I asked to be in touch with my audience because you touched onto something I should have thought about and I didn't, Um, which, you know, it's crazy because I've worked with so many women who had disordered eating and I'm so anti-diet and you know that. I didn't think that quarantine would like provoke and and now it makes so much sense but would provoke all of these old impulses and insecurities to surface so when I read your message I was like oh my fucking god how did I not think of that how did I not think of you know of those people um and of course right after I kind of like went back and thanks to you I you know edited what I wrote originally and added to all of the anxiety that I I had listed you know, the eating disorders, you know, kind of coming back and creeping up on you. Um, So I want to thank you for bringing that awareness. I knew that I had so much more to learn from my audience through this difficult time. And I knew I couldn't touch onto what everyone is feeling. We're all different. Um, But this is a big one. It really is. Um, I didn't really think about it at first when they said that we were going to be on quarantine for like, you know, at least 30 days. Um, But it really did bring back a whole bunch of feelings for me. Um, As I mentioned in my message, um, I've been struggling for 
since I was 13, I'm 28 now, almost 28. So okay. for a really long time, and I would say it's pretty under control most of the time. But honestly, not being able to go out, not being able to see my friends, not being able to like go to like some of my favorite restaurants, which is, you know, some of the ways that I cope with having it and like having a sense of not being in control, which is for me, my whole eating disorder was around the fact that I didn't feel like I had control over anything in my life. So it definitely has brought things back because I feel like right now everything is so much out of everyone's control. Absolutely. And it, you know, you're very, like, obviously, you're very, you do have your eating disorder now under control, because you have, I can hear it, you have, you've identified that it had nothing to do with the food or with your weight, but rather a time in your life where you didn't feel you had control over your life. And this is very much the predicament that you're in today. And the rest of us, none of us have control right now. Exactly. Um, Yeah, I mean, I would say it's, it's, it's definitely not a linear process. I feel like some days I definitely wake up and I'm like, I feel like it is all about the food. It is all about the number or I look at myself or I weigh myself or I do any of the eating disorder behaviors that, you know, people shouldn't be doing. And um, like, so I definitely catch myself doing it. You're not alone. After you posted, I reposted you um, because I felt like, I wanted to slap my fa- my slap myself for not even thinking of eating disorders. Um, and one of my followers who's become a really close friend of mine reached out and she said, Oh my God, I cannot believe that you are, you know, that, that you're finally going to speak about that. I can feel my disordered eating habits coming up strong. She said, and she said that she was surprised how sneaky it's crept up on her during this quarantine. So you're not alone. It's apparently triggered a lot of people that are well recovered from eating disorders. And I'll tell you something else. I don't have an eating disorder and I never had. I find very often while I'm home that a lot of this quarantine you know, behavior has revolved around food because that's the only real event and schedule that we have that's what's happening yes I realized that because you know my husband said something about it the other day about how he noticed that I was snacking a lot like every you know probably hour or so I'd be like let me have this for a snack let me have this for a snack and I'm not the type of person that eats big meals like in general but I've noticed that like I am very triggered to like want to eat all the time because there isn't much to do. Like I can read obviously, or I can, you know, play around on my phone or be on social media. But the only time that I know that things are like that are breaking up in the day is like meal time. It's like, exactly. Oh, right. For you like, and all of us, like for me, it's like I'm working. Then I leave work. As you've seen on Instagram, I'm, you know, authorized to go to work, but I cut it down. And of course, what cuts it down? It's lunchtime. So that's what decides pretty much like I have to go home, make lunch for the kids, for my family. We sit much longer than we usually do. So it revolves around food. And then by the time you clean everything, you do work on your, you know, computer, you watch a movie or you exercise, you kind of like thinking about the next time in the day that you have structure. The only time you have structure right now is when you're eating. Yeah, and it blows my mind. I like for the longest time, I mean, uh, so I've been on lockdown 
like quarantined for a, going on three weeks because I got sick. So I wasn't allowed to go back to work. And okay. I haven't since gone back to work because I have asthma. And Oh, and, yeah. You can't go out to work. It, you can't go out, period. Right. And they recommend that you stay inside. And well, of course, now our president has decided that he's going to put it on like, or I mean, not our president, our state's decided that they're going to do like a mandatory 30 days safer at home and that started at midnight tonight and so it's I've been doing this for a while and it really was like a slow process it's probably only been in like the last day or two that I've noticed that I've had some of that disordered eating thinking and some of those disordered eating um like pattern thoughts etc and like your friend said it really was very sneaky that's what she said. She said it was sneaky. However, she's been one of my early adopters. And I think, I don't know how long you followed me. She pretty much her, her last paragraph, and I'm not going to read it all because it's obviously, you know, her private thing. I just wanted you to know you're not alone. But the last paragraph was that she kind of is able to talk herself out of it with, you know, the usual dialogue and my usual narrative that she's so much there too since she's been following me so what's your coping mechanism when this happens um i it's funny because i started doing duolingo um okay the app so whenever i find myself um like going down that pattern um i will usually pick up my phone and i'll practice like a language um currently i'm working on both spanish and french at the same time which is yay I'm so excited. I'm definitely, I did French a little bit in college, so that makes more sense. But my sister, she um, speaks fluent Spanish. So she's somebody that I can actually speak to because I don't have many French speaking friends. So it's like hard for me to immerse myself into like yeah, that Yeah, and French is all about practice, but you can watch French movies. That helps a lot. Yes, and I find that I can understand some of what people are saying and I can read it easier but it's really hard for me to actually be able to say it, which I hear is like true for most languages. Like you, yeah, it's tough. Yeah, you understand it written more like faster than anything. So you distract yourself with something extremely constructive and something extremely, I want to say, um, optimistic. Wanting to learn a language means that you know you're going somewhere. You know, you know that it doesn't stop here where you are. And I I love the fact that you found a distraction that is so fucking constructive and has nothing to do with eating, actually. Yes, because a lot of my friends, I noticed like they're like, oh, let me bake or let me do X, Y and Z or let me exercise. And it's like and these are friends who have disordered eating patterns as well. And it's like, it's great. Like, yes, I can bake and I can exercise, but then I'm just putting myself right back into that same pattern of what I don't want to do. And I agree. I, I, I tell you why I agree. I think for someone who's disordered eating and my friend wrote to me right after she saw the mess, your message that I posted, um, the, the working out is very, very correlated with the eating disorder because sometimes people that have an eating disorder are going to work themselves out to death to kind of burn the calories they've been eating. So it's correlated or you're really, really hungry after you work out. So I love the fact, and I think we can even turn this into a coping mechanism for people, that you went and found a distraction that has absolutely nothing to do with eating. As a matter of fact, learning a language 
you cannot have your mouth full because you need to be practicing and speaking it. I didn't even think about it that way, but you're right. You can't because especially on like the Duolingo app, and I'm sure it's the same with Rosetta Stone or even if you Googled it on like YouTube or something that like you constantly either have to be typing something or you have to be saying it out loud. And if you have food in your mouth, it's not going to recognize what you're saying and it's going to make you have to redo it anyway. Okay, so when this is all over, espero que me vas a hablar en español. I, or no. in French. I hope I said I hope that when this is all over you'll be talking to me in Spanish. Oh, yeah, I, the Spanish is going to take a while for me for whatever reason. That one I can't under like, yeah, it's really hard. But I definitely I meant to like start with bonjour, but you know, it works. Yes, bonjour. Well, guess what? You can send me a few messages. I'll definitely, you know, I answer my messages, not always very fast because I, I get quite a few, but if you need help with the French, I can help too. I would love that. Thank you so much. Your contribution, I, the person I spoke to before, you're going to hear it on the podcast, taught me something. I knew I had something to learn from my audience. You totally woke me up yesterday. It was like I covered so many parts of anxiety obviously the economic aspect i had so many people write to me and tell me they've lost their jobs which you know i wouldn't have realized i knew we were all worried about you know the industries that we work in so wherever you're employed you're like it's my boss going to be able to keep on employing me but some people got laid off the day that the lockdowns were announced so i addressed the financial issues i addressed the eating emotionally But I didn't think about, you know, eating disorders that have been, you know, healed, creeping back up. Somebody else said, you know, how about um, addictions? How about people that are in AA? You know, everybody at this point is reaching out for a cocktail, uh, you know, or a glass of wine or something like that. I, I haven't thought about all of that. I'm learning a lot from all of you and the way that you're coping. Overall, how are you doing though? Um, I'm doing pretty good. Um, I'm trying to stay pretty optimistic about things. Like it's a little frustrating, especially because I thought we would be out of the quarantine sooner. And then they just announced like an extended 30 day, like to April 30th. So that's kind of frustrating. But I think overall I'm doing as best as I can, despite the fact that, you know, currently I don't work and, The disordered eating has come back a little bit, but I would say I'm hopeful. I love that. Hopeful is definitely the way to go. I want to thank you so, so much for joining me. It was so lovely to speak to you. Thank you for waking me up to a real issue. I promise to be more mindful and speak on it a little more. Um, and stay in touch with me. Talk to me in French. I will. Thank you so much for having me. Stay safe. Bye. You too. Bye. Hi. Hey, how are you? Good, Amanda. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for accepting my call. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. So I have to tell you, your message... Um, and there's also Christina that sent a very similar message to yours, woke me up to something I had not even thought about. Like, how did I not think about eating disorders creeping back up on people while on quarantine? 
it makes so much sense now. And I'm sorry, I didn't even think I, I addressed so many issues and anxieties, like, you know, losing your job or, you know, eating emotionally, which to me is not the same as an eating disorder. Um, but yeah, your message, you said you were six years in recovery. Yes. Okay, so how, first of all, how are you doing? I have to ask. We have so, to keep on asking each other. Yeah, no, I know. It's it's crazy. Um, I've been doing okay. You know, I think, um, you know, for me in recovery, my eating disorder has always been very much still there and still something that I have to deal with on a daily basis. And I have to be very intentional about eating and what I'm eating and when I'm eating and kind of you know, the whole thing. Um, so it's, you know, it's something I've always dealt with, but right now in quarantine, it's, it's been creeping back up even more. Um, and you know, with eating disorders, it's, it's so much about control, especially with, um, anorexia, which is what I've dealt with most of my life. And, you know, right now in the world, there is so much going on and we have pretty much no control over it. And so that really brings up, you know, that eating disorder voice that's like, okay, you can't control this. So, um, you know, we're going to control your, your eating and your you're exercising. Eating. Yeah. It's, it's really incredible that you're saying this because Christina, who I spoke to before you, said that when she was suffering from an eating disorder, and you'll hear it in the podcast, she's the call right before you, um, it was not so much about her relationship with foodie was about the fact that she had no control over certain things in her life and that's very much what's happening to us right now we have no control so you're trying to control your working out or your eating or both because they kind of correlated um but from what i understand you have coping mechanisms and those are the ones i am interested in because you know, I, as much as I've worked with, I've had clients with eating disorders and we've worked through them so beautifully. I have a success story with one of them that we'll be sharing on the podcast very soon. She'll come on the podcast, but it's all about coping mechanisms. So how do you, I know without the normal routine, it must be very hard to put them into gear, but how do you put them into gear while you're on quarantine? Right. So one of my biggest things is having a schedule. I am very, very routine oriented. I, you know, I kind of do the same things at the same time every day. And, you know, now that I'm not in the office and haven't been for three weeks now, I've started writing out my schedule every day. So I, you know, I've been waking up a little later than usual um, than I would if I was going into the office, but I get up, I make my coffee. I get all set up with my work stuff in a separate area of the house I that I only use for working. So I start that at my normal time, 8.30. And from there, I check my emails. I do my normal work routine in the morning. I take lunch at the same time. One thing that I have added, though, is doing either like a 15 to 20 minute Pilates or yoga video in the afternoon around three o'clock, um, just to kind of break up the day. Um, you have and, to. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You have to, because it's like, you're not even, we're not even really walking on the street. Like even if I don't have to walk very much in Monaco, we still, you know, park the car and walk from one place to lunch to another, to another. We're not even doing that right now. So 
you know, it's pretty much you have to give yourself a structure and putting a workout where you usually wouldn't is is a good way of dealing with it. I like the fact that it's a short workout, so you're not giving into the obsessive compulsiveness of having compulsiveness of having to work out a lot to control how much you've been eating, for example. So that's good. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I think um, I think one of the things, too, that one of the coping mechanisms I've been using that my therapist actually mentioned is, you know, it's it's okay to eat emotionally a little bit during this time, but you have to be very cognizant of, you know, how how what you're eating and how much you're eating is making you feel both mentally and physically. So So that's what I've been dealing with, because, you know, you're not alone. Even people that don't have an eating disorder or haven't had an eating disorder um, will have this emotional eating thing going on. And I think we all do. We're bored. You know, meals kind of structure our day also. The parts of the day where it's structured, our schedule revolves around the meal. Like at that time we eat and at that time between that meal and that meal, we do other things. Uh, You're not alone, which is good. And pretty much what we have all been doing and the idea behind sharing you know the banana bread recipe on instagram or the simply inulin high fiber cookies or the papaya or the pineapple and all their benefits is kind of eating foods for their benefits rather than just you know munching and munching on just anything mindlessly you know right exactly and i mean you know eating healthy during a time like this can be really hard for a lot of people i know i've been struggling with that up until the last couple days actually so this week, I, I really have been mindful and intentional about what I've been eating and how much I've been eating. So like last night, you know, instead of just saying, oh, I'll have some soup or I'll have some pasta, I was like, okay, I'm going to make a stir fry uh, with some vegetables and some pineapple and some kielbasa. And that's great. Yeah. That's so it's, it's all about being very intentional. And it's about knowing that, you know, you're not going to be perfect and that's okay. And you know, you, okay. If you have ice cream for dinner, not great, but it's not the end of the world. I mean, you know, you'll do better and, um, you'll get through it. And I think it's important too, to know that eating disorders can evolve, you know, it's not just, they do. Yeah. So like they do and they evolve with the way you look at them. I'll tell you something that helps you having ice cream for dinner is perfect you should have ice cream just not every day for dinner because you don't enjoy it as much it's like sex you don't want to have it every second of the day or you don't appreciate it right but having ice cream for dinner during this time is fucking perfect for me ice cream is a celebration right so you have it you enjoy it you're you're actually doing so good for your hormones because you're tending to certain hormones that tend to be very unhappy when you don't have these delicious pleasure, you know, pleasurable things in life, like a piece of cake or a piece of ice cream or, you know, or a bowl of ice cream or anything like that. It's really not bad to have ice cream. And I think if you can change your mindset, I didn't call you to give you advice, but that's something I know about. If you can just change your mindset about having ice cream, you'll look at it in such a happier way and you will enjoy doing it once in a while rather than every night compulsively. Right, exactly. And that's that's kind of what I mean. I mean, it's it's okay to have it once in a while, but you know, don't go overboard because first of all, you're going to get sick of it and you're not going to feel no. good about yourself. So, you know, give yourself some some leeway and 
I think, you know, people, people really need to be kinder to themselves in everyday life, you know, when things are normal and especially during this time. So your keep your coping mechanism when you felt your eating disorder creeping back up on you was pretty much to like have a set schedule and be gentle to yourself and kind to yourself and taking time to just choose the food that you're eating um like making sure that it's healthy food just rather than anything and everything right exactly just my my thing is just be intentional be intentional and have a schedule and you know give your give yourself some leeway yeah i mean those are special circumstances we're in right right oh of course i mean this is this is not something we've ever dealt with and Exactly. We're, yeah, we're we're all doing our best to get through it. We don't we don't know how to deal with something like this, and so we're figuring it out as we go. That's what I've been saying today. I've been saying that so much. I've I've been getting messages about from people. You know, we're discovering something about this situation every day. So, um, to give you an example, they were saying not to wear masks at some. Hi. And we're back. <laughs> yeah, we're back. This happens. It's okay. Um, I don't know where I lost you. Um, um, but what I was saying was that we're all navigating this every day. We have different information. I was saying the information with the masks. They told us to not wear the masks. And now they're saying to wear the masks. It's like we're all learning. Our bodies are learning to adjust as well. They're not used to, you know, the sedentary aspect of our lives right now. They're not used to the way that we're you know, reacting to things the way we're sleeping, you know, it's, 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 a, it's an uncertain time. And so I agree with you being kind to yourself and easygoing is probably the best way to go about this. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, that's, that's how I try to live my life kind of, you know, I think of it as, as the ocean, you know, you, you have waves and you have choppiness and you just have to kind of go with it because the more you struggle against what's happening the worse off you're going to be but if you just learn to kind of go with things and take things as they come it's going to be easier and you're going to be happier that's really good advice thank you for that I'm so glad I got to speak to you, but most importantly, like I said to Christina before you, I'm so glad I saw what you wrote and brought some awareness that, you know, there are people dealing with, you know, old wounds and old disorders and things that are just creeping up on you when you're in this situation, which is completely normal. Right, right, exactly. It, it's It's so normal. It's so normal, especially with you know, not only eating disorders, but PTSD and other things yeah. like that, you know, that's, it's a lot of alone time right now. And it's a lot of being stuck in the same place, which is, you know, difficult for everyone. So it's, I think it's important for people to know that everything that's happening and everything you're feeling is normal, and we're going to get through it. And, you know, just take things as they come, you know, take life a minute at a time. That's right. If we do our part, we're going to we're going to get there and we're almost there. That's what I've been saying. Let's do our part, you know, stay, stay home, stay safe, be sane. That's the best you could do right now. Right now, that's your job. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Thank you so much for joining me. It was such a pleasure to meet you on the phone. Yes. Um, And I can't wait for, you know, the kind of like everybody to listen to the podcast and not just hear from me, but hear from you and the other beautiful women who 
um, you know, join me and kind of open up. I know it's not an easy thing to speak about. And I'm happy that I have a platform where you feel safe enough to come on and share with others. I'm sure it's helping someone. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. And that's, you know, that's my goal. I'm very open about my struggles. And if it helps just one person in some way, I'm happy. Yes, exactly. Thank you so much. Be safe. I'm sending you lots of love. Thank you, Ingrid. Thank you so much. I'm glad we got to chat. Same. Bye, Amanda. Bye-bye. Hi, Nicole. Hi. How are you? Thank you for joining me. I'm so excited too. This is awesome. I'm happy to speak to you at last. We've been like buddies on Instagram for so long now. I know. You know, I do my annual every day too. I know that. And I love that. (laughs) I loved your message when I, you know, I spoke to a bunch of cool gals today I dialed a few of my listeners and a few of my of you know my tribe members um and everyone had kind of like this different thing they're dealing with and that's pretty much what I wanted I wanted to hear from everyone like what are we dealing with Mm -hmm. I'm dealing with my shit and I'm sharing how I'm coping with it but my anxiety is not your anxiety or someone else's. And I loved your message. Your message was all about relationships, obviously, because that's your field of expertise. Um, but I, I want you to give us some tips. Yeah. I mean, so I'll tell you my, I'll tell you my situation, Ingrid. So I have a three, three, he's three years old, my toddler and me and my husband, we both work from home. And okay. now ever since the stay at home, we're with him every single day. It's not easy. So life, yeah. So you, I mean, you have kids, so you know, so what I'm, what I'm dealing with and what I'm working on is, you know, watching a kid all day, but then I still want to be connected with my husband. You know what I mean? I still want to keep our relationship going. I don't, I don't want to get into a lot of people get into this mode where it's like, okay, we just focus on the kids yeah. and we just get stressed and we don't, we don't connect. But so you know, I find that even, I mean, I have a teenager and I have two grown adults in the house now. Um, and it's beautiful and it's probably easier than having a toddler very close to his terrible twos. But it's mm-hmm. still, you know, the bigger the kids, the more kind of like life invasion you have in a way, in the sense that they take room, they take food, they take attention, they understand everything mm-hmm. that's happening so well, you cannot hide anything from them. And I find that, you know, as much as Jill and I live our love very well when they're around because sometimes like yeah let's go on a date because like enough with them (laughs) and I know they're gonna listen to that and I'm probably gonna get like shambled for it but I don't give a fuck (laughs) (laughs) but yeah I I find that you're really raising a point that I didn't even think of sharing because I'm kind of navigating this like okay we we just gotta get through the battle and Jill and I will like go to Italy on our own like when this is over but it's true. I kind of feel disconnected from him sometimes. Like it's always mm-hmm. about all the people in the house, including the dogs. Yeah, because we're in a little bit of a battle right now, right? And so yeah. what I always think about is, okay, I don't want to push off love, right? I never want to do that. I always want to have days where like I feel the love, you know, between me yeah. and my husband. Um, it's easy for me to feel love for my toddler. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> So what I've been doing is like every single night after he goes to bed, which I know you have older kids. So they're like you said, they're in bed. They put more, me to bed. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but 
I got to connect with my husband. So I sit there with him. We talk about what was good during the day and we plan, we dream. So we're moving to LA, you know, as soon as our house closes in this craziness, we're moving to LA. So we'll sit and we'll dream together. And that to me feels like, you know, we can't go out right now. But we're dreaming. We're talking I about our future. I love that. We're That's connecting. what we did too. We did that. We like we went window shopping on Booking. dot com, and we're like, because mm. you know we had some trips planned that we had to cancel, obviously, and we're not even feeling bad about it. The situation is what it is. I'm just happy I was not gone and I was home to receive my kids safely. But we've been doing that, so I'm realizing that we're doing the right thing. Then when you when I hear you say it, we've been like planning our trips and yeah. you know like kind of trip window shopping and putting it in our cart kind of like as soon as this is over and we know when we'll be allowed to travel again I'm pushing that buy button you know and it yeah. helps it helps yeah yeah for sure and the other thing I'm doing okay so if you're if you're going to be around someone all the time 24 7 I don't know if they have a French saying for this Ingrid but you know familiar familiarity breeds contempt right yes. like the more you're around someone I don't know there's probably more chic way to say it in French but So I gotta watch. So there's, you know, every relationship. I'm sure your husband does this too. There's certain things that your partner will do that can irritate you. Like my husband, he's a he used to be a musician, so he'll sing songs all the time. But the second he sings a song, it gets in my head. <laughs> you know? So I have a rule with him. He knows if it's nighttime, you gotta shut your mouth. You can't sing because I hate to go to bed with a song in my head. So he knows we created that rule. But then during the day, he'll just. Any like little songs in his head, he'll sing it, and then it'll immediately get in my head, and it just annoys the shit out of me. <laughs> But we gotta really watch, like, so I try and find like the cuteness about it, and I try and love it. You know, the thing that's irritating me yeah. about him. Yeah, that's a good tip. Not, yeah, I don't know if Jill has any of those. He probably yes, <laughs> Jill has too. this thing. I mean, Jill is like so hard to dislike. I'm not saying that because he's my husband at all. I swear to you, I've been trying to fight with him for the past five years and I haven't been able to, <laughs> which is really annoying if you think about it. But no, he does yeah. this thing that the second I start cooking or the second I start making my coffee, he'll come over and start emptying the dishwasher and putting the dishes away. And that makes mm. me fucking nuts because I'm like, mm -hmm. I'm making breakfast, like move out of my way or I'm making my, you know, I make my coffee video and all of a sudden you can hear, you know, the hustle and bustle of everything, you know, being slammed together. I hate when he does that. But I have to tell you, I kind of can see myself using your little trick and loving that about him because he's helpful mm -hmm. at least. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, we gotta turn it around to love because if not, we're gonna get too critical, you know. And like, it's I'm not saying never, you know, say anything about your man, but if you do it too much when we're in confined quarters, then the vibe is gonna go down, right? And this absolutely, is, I mean, Brit, my audience is filled with single women who are messaging me all the time. I'm lonely. I wish I had someone right now. I'm scared. How the hell am I supposed to find someone? And so. It just makes me really grateful. You know what I mean? It just it, it makes me so grateful. You know what I tell those women? Because I, I get that a lot and I feel for them. Like Jill and I stay there and we're like, thank God we're like all together and we love to be all together. We're used mm -hmm. to it. So this quarantine situation isn't abnormal for us. Um, but what I say to these women is like your pool 
of choices is getting wider by the minute. The Mm -hmm. amounts of breakups and people that will get to know each other so well outside of the luxury of going to the restaurant, of being picked up in the guy's Ferrari, of seeing someone because of the way they dress or what they can buy you, but seeing the real them. All of these people are going to see right through the people they're with. They're going to break up and... Not that I wish it on anyone, but I think that this is going to make for better matches and it's opening a yeah. pool of opportunity for all of the single people out there. I think coming out of this, single people or those that have become recently single from the quarantine are going to look for more authenticity and substance. Yeah, I think so too. I agree that it's reshaping everything and I, like I'm telling people like who are afraid of like online dating, it's a great time because the guys who quote just want sex, you, yeah. they're not going to like get you. <laughs> you know, no, but they it's... can't take you out. So it's kind of weeding out the bad guys. Yeah. And like, well, if you're going to go online or go outside or whatever, the good guys, the better guys are going to be the ones looking now because a crisis, it kind of makes everyone focus on what's important. You know? Yeah. So, I mean, it's time, it's for... A time for love. It's a great time for love. Jill and I connected so much by text message when we met. And I said things I wouldn't necessarily say to him. Yeah, because he was, you know, he works in movie production. So he was on set. And and while he was on set, he's a producer. So he had time on his hands, but he had to be on premises. So as excited as you are to be dating someone new, we can see each other all day long. So we texted all day long. And you say things, you connect in a way you wouldn't usually. And I had time and he had time. Right now, people have time. So you have time Mm -hmm. to kind of, say things you wouldn't normally say if you saw each other and went on dates and you know I think it's a good time for that what what would you say is I I have my idea but how how to keep it sexy during this time like everyone's worried about the fact that they can't go get a wax that their eyebrows are looking like you know a forest and you know (laughs) I mean I'm one of them like my 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 grays are coming out like I'm doing everything I can to like having focus on my tits and my ass instead of my gray roots you know but how to keep it sexy yeah okay well a headband I know you do the, you do the headband I do the headband get a chic headband yes. put it over your head and call that a day but I think okay you, women have to realize guys don't care as much as we do it's all about the attitude True. if you're feeling sexy he's gonna feel it but like don't be a slob ladies like you, you have cute clothes in your closet okay exactly <laughs> oh, wash your fucking hair Wash your hair, you know, file your, don't leave your old tips and acrylic nails on, take them off and just, you know, don't, don't leave, don't wait. Like we, we're going to be here for a few more weeks. Like, I think just like you said, guys don't pay as much attention as we do to the little things, but the main things like wear cute clothes. I try, I'm doing my best. Yeah. It's all about how we feel like, so you can, you know, in whatever parameters you have, think about what's going to make me feel great today. Put on a sexy song and dance to it and then go see your husband and, you know, or, or your boyfriend or whatever it is and connect with them and know, like, he's going to be happy just to be yeah. getting laid. <laughs> be silly. Be, be playful. Like- I pinch his nipples a thousand times a day. <laughs> and, and he likes it. it. He hates it. Like, he, he hates, he likes to hate it. You know what I mean? It's like... <laughs> When he's not in a sexual mood, obviously it's annoying him, but the playfulness of it and, you know, it's like I'm, I'm like a child with that. That whole thing is sexy, being, being childish, mm-hmm. being cute, being mm-hmm. annoying, you know, in a good way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you know, 
it's a great time to just be you with your partner, but also think about creative little ways. Like you, you could leave little love notes in the house or sexy notes in the house for him to find. I know, you know I like don't do so that shit. I'm not, I'm not romantic enough. <laughs> I, I don't do that fucking shit. But yeah, you could do that if you're a romantic girl. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know what I like to leave around? I have lost mostly all of my lash extensions. And when he wakes up in the morning, I put them on his chest. <laughs> That's what I leave around for him. No, I'm I'm just, it. you know, I'm I'm just acting like an idiot and it makes him laugh and he kind of like, you know, it relaxes the whole situation. It gives us a sense of normalcy and the fact that you still can laugh at stupid things and have fun. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah, if you got that, if you have a good partner and you get through this, I mean, you know you have a solid relationship, which I know you guys have. We you know? do, we do. I mean, it, you know, it, we get annoyed. We're we're so human. You, we don't always show it on Instagram, of course, but we get annoyed. I'm I'm tired, sick and tired of cooking. I, you know, get annoyed at him, like I told you, like literally emptying the dishwasher or doing it dishes the second I start making my coffee and pu- putting the music on. But you just gave me a trick and I'm going to put it to good use. I'm going to learn to love that aspect of him where he's helpful and others are not. Um, One more thing. You need to give us one last thought for the girls out there that I have a girl that wrote to me and it seems to be really happening a lot. She found out during the quarantine that her husband was cheating on her. What do you Mm -hmm. say to all of those people that right now are very unhappy in love? Yeah, I, I've heard that too. So first of all, I was with a, you know, emotionally abusive narcissist who cheated on me with multiple women, including his ex-wife. It was horrible. <laughs> so I get it. I get that so much and you can't leave. So, I mean, you literally can't. No, leave you can't. Right now. So what you have to do is on some level, these women already knew that most of them already knew that something was off in the relationship. And it's like the universe is helping you do what you were afraid to do, whether you're going to stay or leave, Mm. something has to shift. So here's the number one thing people have to know if they were cheated on, please don't stab yourself with his poor behavior and make yourself feel like you were wrong. Everyone goes to that place. It was me. I wasn't even Beyonce thought that, right? Yeah. I wasn't good enough. I wasn't sexy enough. With Becky with the good hair. Absolutely. Yeah. And it is not your fault and so you need self-love right now you need to fortify yourself right now you need to be thinking of if you are going to leave you need to create an exit plan in your mind for like let's say for the next 90 days you're going to get yourself so strong internally that when you do leave you feel good not like a dog with his tail behind his legs feeling like i i was the victim right like you don't have to be a victim in this situation you got to say this is my time to choose me and to make myself into this badass bitch who is so strong that when I leave him, I'm feeling like he missed out on the most amazing woman in the world. And I'm going to go find someone who I really deserve. If you're leaving, if you're not leaving, it's like a whole different conversation, but still women have to take their power back. He didn't cheat because of you. He cheated because of something going on within him. Yeah. And you deserve so much better. I mean, like I say, quarantine, you can't control what you're going to do after quarantine you have control for sure yeah i love yeah. all of that nicole everyone can find you on instagram at nicole more love you're like mm-hmm. one of those people that i knew i was going to call and was going to be one of my experts um and you've definitely delivered in very little time so thank you so so much for that i love following you i love your posts you're a bright light 
Yeah, I love following you too. I'm gonna have you on my podcast next. So can't wait. I'm gonna message you about that. Sending you so much love. Be safe. Sending you love. Bye. <laughs> Bye. I hope you enjoyed this podcast, and I want to thank those wonderful women I've called today for picking up my call and speaking to us and opening up to us during this time. Um, I don't have all the answers. I'm not a doctor. There's a lot of attacks that go on social media and I think it comes from people really being you know suffering of cabin fever and anxiety and all of that I I haven't really been victim to too many attacks except today um someone said well now that CDC has spoke up uh about masks you right righteous bitch whatever what do you think about wearing masks I don't know I don't know what I think I'm not a doctor I have shared a lot of medical information that I researched and read about and listened to the same way that you all do it's it's evolving every day COVID-19 is something very new to all of our nations that's why we weren't prepared for them so the fact that CDC in the United States, which is not an agency that regulates me. I live in France and in Monaco. I'm going to listen to our specialists. On top of it, the United States is hit really, really bad and worse than we are. So I'm more inclined to want to listen to our medical authorities here. Um, about the masks, month ago, some very, very good and very notorious Israeli specialists and doctors and professors were saying, don't wear the mask. If you don't remove it and change it every few, you know, half hours, the humidity on the mask, the moisture is attracting the virus. And then some doctors here have been saying, don't wear the masks. Were they saying it so that we would leave the masks for the medical staff? Maybe. Should we leave the masks for the medical staff? Yes, I've donated the ones that I had for my staff. I've kept some for my staff. And then little by little, I told my staff, we're going to take every precaution, but you know, we're going to donate those masks because these people are saving lives. We're just sending boxes. And then finally, we got um, reusable masks that you can wash and um, reusable masks for my staff to actually not breathe all the stuff from you know, what we receive. I don't know. I'm doing what I can. I'm navigating this like everybody else. The reusable ones, you can just keep on ironing. So we have an iron in our kitchen at the office and every 30 minutes they go and iron it according to the the doctors. Um, you can iron them and it, it kills the virus and then reuse them. Um, but technically, what the doctors here were saying is if you're wearing a mask to protect yourself from contracting the virus, you're probably not protecting yourself at all. You're saving other people that might have coronavirus. Um, that might, no, you, you're saving people from getting coronavirus if you have it. And then it changed again. And then CDC in the United States just had to issue a public apology. And so this woman came jumping down my throat on Instagram saying, you self-righteous bitch, um, publishing false information. I'm not publishing anything. I'm not a doctor. I didn't make no medical statements. I said, this is what this doctor said. This is what our government said. We're all navigating this. Like, stop jumping up people's throats that are just, you know, learning 
as we go. I'm not into spreading fake news. I'm not into giving medical advice. I'm telling you to eat your fucking vegetables. There's no risk in that. I'm telling you to stop eating processed food. I've been saying this. My real expertise, my narrative on my real expertise, which is hormonal response, fitness, and gut, has not changed. I still give the same advice because there's no risk to it. If anything, it's helpful to your immune system. But stop kind of throwing the stone at those that are trying to navigate this the best way that they can. Um, so again, I'm not giving medical advice in this episode. Don't take anything I said as medical advice. You know, whatever you feel, anxiety or whatever, you might want to get a therapist Um, I'm sorry that I have to put out the disclaimer, but people are becoming so, oh, it's hard. It's hard to be in a position where you're doing the best you can and broadcasting, you know, your content to a tribe that loves you. And then there's 1% of fucking crazy psychopaths that I'm going to keep on exposing because it's not okay to be a psychopath and especially not during this time. Kindness is going to be helpful. That is one remedy that I know is helpful right now. And that's the one I prescribe. Kindness is fucking chic. I hope you enjoy this podcast. Please be safe and stay home. If we do our part, we're going to get there. Love you all. Bisous, bisous from Monaco.